Coming up next on WealthWorks Radio, we are back. And now today we're going to talk about the storm of the century. Stay tuned. And now, WealthWorks Radio with Eric Carney. Welcome in, everybody. It's WealthWorks Radio with Eric Carney and Joseph Lanza on consumer advocate Steve Siddall. And uh, so Eric, of course, uh, is a uh, fiduciary, independent. He's uh, president of Retirement Wealth. Joseph, also a fiduciary, hanging out. And uh, so we got to talk about this, guys. I mean, welcome back. I was delighted to see your name pop up as, as being available. And, and uh, this is good. I mean, I was worried about you guys. Yeah, it was a it was a very I mean it's been you know over a month now and it's just been uh, it's been a struggle for you know a lot of Southwest Florida and we just man we feel for people out there you know it's 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 been well over a month now and it's still going on for a lot of people and you know a lot of people dodged a bullet but they're stepping up and, and helping other people and there but there's a lot of people who you know lost everything and even lost their lives so this was really a an incredible storm. And um, this will, will go down in history as, as probably one of the most costliest storms in history. Wow. I mean, you know, you see the pictures and you see the devastation. And, and in talking with you just before we got started here, the you know, it, it, it occurs to me that there's no way I could fully take the impact of what you're seeing in, in, you know, in front of you, as opposed to the pictures that I saw on YouTube and, and you know, the news, whatever. I mean, I, I guess there's probably no way to really explain it. Yeah, I mean, until you experience it firsthand and you drive through the devastation and, and you feel it with the people, you know, you you're, you feel their emotions and, and you know, you're, you're helping out a lot of people. You're helping people that you've never met before. Um, and it's just, I mean, everybody has just done a really good job of, of trying to comfort one another. And, you know, when times get like this, it really is amazing to see um, what human beings are capable of. And um, so it, it, it's been good. I mean, it's, it, I think that there's been a tremendous amount of progress done over the past month. There's still a lot to go. Um, but this is going to forever change Southwest Florida's landscape, um, how we build things, how we construct things, um, what we think about risk. I mean, it, you know, we've, we've talked about risk for a very long time, but you know, this is something where people have to say, look, I don't know if I can go through this anymore. And this is a, a life-changing event for a lot of people. Well, you were talking about um, the, the overall impact of, of, you know, from a dollar standpoint. But then, you know, like you said, the emotional, the emotional impact here is huge. Yeah, and I don't know which one's worse, you know, uh, because there's a lot of people who physically, mentally, and emotionally can't take this, you know, and Florida is known, obviously, for an elderly population as well, mm -hmm. and this terribly affects them. Um, my mother, um, her home got hit pretty good. Um, she's affected by this, you know, and, and I'm trying to tell her, it's okay, mom, we're going to get you through this, but... She just can't comprehend how bad it is out there, sure. you know, and so she looks at her little situation and, you know, it, it's bad for her. But at the same time, she doesn't understand how bad it is and, and how lucky she is. But it's just her age at this point where, you know, she's still trying to be independent, but you really can't be in this type of environment. Right. And and so do you think that this, I mean, obviously everybody is impacted, but you know, from a, like you said, like your mom, you said she's 85 and, and there are a lot of, you know, older folks around there. Are they affected more or less? I think I mean, so. Yeah. I, 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 because I think they feel vulnerable, right? Like we, we all want to like fix our homes or we, we want to try to help people or, you know, maybe they don't feel as safe, you know, and I'm sure that, that there's going to be a lot of people who are going to start thinking about moving to a different area now, for sure. Uh, my next door neighbors in the last storm for Irma, he said, yeah, he goes, I'm out of here. And his wife said, no, I want to stay here. And then this time, and, and their house actually was was pretty good. They, they had very, very minimal damage. Um, but this time, they both agreed that they are going to move to a different location. So I think that that is going to happen more often. I mean, this was by far one of the worst storms ever. Um, in the first nine months of 2022, the U.S. experienced 15 disasters that caused at least a billion dollars in damage. But it's going to take years to calculate the true cost of Hurricane Ian. 
And so people don't realize that we have these natural disasters that caught that happen all the time that cost, you know, a billion dollars. Mm -hmm. But this one is is by far the biggest. And so it's naturally going to change the landscape and how we live and where we live and and, and so forth. And there's a lot of people down at Fort Myers Beach who I'm reading right now. They're like, I'm going to hopefully I'll get a check and I'm going to walk away and hope hopefully somebody will want to buy this land. Um, I, I can already see the future changes that are, that are going to happen around here. So Fort Myers Beach, that was particularly, I mean, that was like ground zero, right? I would say so, yeah. And, yep. and th th I didn't think that it was possible to destroy a beach, but it did. It did. And here's the other thing. You know, not only did people lose their homes, but some people lost land. Wow. And I don't know if the land is ever going to come back. And that happened once before in another hurricane up in the Hamptons. Uh, the hurricane came through and literally wiped away one half of the road. And um, so that happened down here. I mean, the, the land literally got washed away. And for anybody that hasn't been down to Fort Myers Beach, I, I happen to have a property down there. So um, it took Autumn and I three hours to drive down there one day. But to give you a for instance, Hooters Restaurant, is doesn't even exist anymore and when i say doesn't even exist you can actually take your beach chair down there put it down on the sand and feel like you're on the beach because there is no plumbing there's no infrastructure there's no foundation the restaurant is gone and the same with a lot of the homes it's like they never existed uh junkanoo which was a good sized restaurant um that's going to be sadly missed it is completely gone. You have to understand that the built-in massive bar is missing. The roof structure is missing. All the pizza ovens that were in there are missing. Like, it's gone. Wow. It's like it never even existed there. It's complete sand. So the, uh, the, uh, the size of this storm was just massive. And if you take a look at this one, I mean, I, I took a look at Charlie from 2004, uh, Ian, the eyewall size was 30 nautical miles wide. Charlie was 10 nautical, mi nautical miles. So wow. Ian was three times the size. Yeah. And the winds from the eye of the hurricane for Ian were 30 to 40 miles. And uh, the winds extended for Charlie 15 to 25 so you have these winds outside of the eye that are going up to 40 miles out. So now if you really think about the eye wall size, that's 30 nautical miles. And then if the winds extend another 40 miles, you have a 70 mile wide storm. Yeah. And, and like you said, with winds around 150 miles an hour. Right. And then the other issue was, is we have, we pay attention to now, how quickly does the storm move across Florida? Well, Charlie luckily moved at about 23 miles per hour. That's really fast. That's fast, right? And and you're happy about that. You're like, just get it over with. But Ian moved only at nine miles per hour. So you have this storm that is is three times as big as Charlie, but it's also moving nine miles an hour. And so it's just pounding the areas. And the the, the damage and the devastation is just overwhelming. I, I just can't even imagine you know, seeing this. Um, but like I said, there's shrimp boats all over that are littered um, in Fort Myers Beach. And it's just, it's, it's not only there, it's Sanibel, uh, Matt Lachey, Pine Island. There's just a lot of areas. So again, my, my hearts go out to everyone. You know, we've gotten through a lot of this. We still have a lot to go, but um, we're getting there. Well, and again, uh, you know, before we run out of time in this segment, uh, you know, just to, to kind of tie it into what, what we normally talk about, one of the things that we've talked about before, Eric, is a uh, backup disaster plan. And, and is that something that obviously got kicked into high gear when it comes to your clients? Yeah, day one. I mean, the thing is, is that this is the thing where, you know, our office, we never stop working. It's like, I mean, it's, it's, Literally, you get done with a storm and it's like you call people, you contact people. And, you know, my call was to Joseph and Autumn and then Donna had reached out to us. Um, and then what we did was we absolutely implemented the plan. Um, we actually sent people over to Fort Lauderdale and they were there for the entire very first week because there was power, there was Internet. We still had communications and we kept everything up and running. So we literally did this right away. 
Um, and then our back offices were assisting us as well. They knew that, you know, our communications were poor, um, but we never missed a beat. I mean, the thing is, is that we have clients all over the United States that are not affected by the storm. And so now what we really have to do is we've had to make sure that people that are in the storm, out of the storm, they need money. And so we're doing a lot of transfers of money, a lot of withdrawals and so forth, and we, we couldn't skip a beat. So the disaster plan that we have in place worked. Um, we were still able to reach out to everyone. Um, and, and, and like I said, nothing stopped. I mean, money never sleeps. I always say that it's the truth. And so the thing is, is that especially in a, you know, a, a horrible event like this one, people need access to their money and we have to make that happen. So there's a huge responsibility that comes with managing people's lifestyles, but also managing, you know, for any emergency needs that that come up. So very proud of my entire team. I'm so grateful for them. They really stepped up to the plate, but we all understood what we had to do. You know, it, it wasn't even a question of, should we do this? It's like, okay, what do we do now? And so um, it happened. Um, and, and again, uh, things kept moving forward and, um, I'm very happy with the outcome of that. Well, and again, this has to be certainly reassuring to your clients, the folks that have become part of your family over the years, and the fact that you reached out to all of them over the course of, you know, that storm, that speaks volumes. So before the storm, and this has happened in the past, um, in Irma, we had eight people stay at one of my office locations. The office location is secure, safe, brand new roof, impact windows. And so with this one, we reached out through a video to all of our clients saying, look, if you feel unsafe or you need help, please let us know now before the storm, we're gonna get you to a safe place. And um, so um, this time, um, you know, everybody reached out to us and they said, you know, we're, we're okay. We feel like we're in a safe place. Um, we, we had them make videos of everything, take pictures of their uh, items and everything for insurance reasons. Mm -hmm. And we tried to prepare them. And then after the storm, um, it was pretty funny because I had a pretty uh, thick beard and uh, I was just I was just like, I don't care. Like, you know, I mean, we were working all the time, either helping people out or, or still doing, you know, financial planning. And uh, we we're just sending out things. Look, here's what you do about your insurance. You know, here's how to file a oh, claim. Wow. And then also we, we ex explained what a public um, uh, insurance adjuster was. You know, like if you really need help and you really think that your insurance company is not going to step up, here's how they work. And so it's just trying to get people through all that. Uh, we were able to help out a few people that I'm like, hey, if you guys need anything, please let us know. People would reach out to us and then Autumn would assist them in one way or another. So I feel like, you know, I just, I, I feel very responsible for a lot of my clients. I want to be there for them. And um, again, um, we were able to help some people out. And, and even today, we're still getting phone calls about insurance companies. Uh, the last thing I want to say is Donna did a fantastic job. She sent out a complete email about FEMA, their contact information, about uh, private insurance, flood insurance, everything, so that she had all the numbers, how to file a claim and everything. And Donna was actually helping a lot of our clients file claims. So it's something that we don't typically do, but we knew that people were going to be overwhelmed. So we stepped up and we we're able to do that as well. So That's I fantastic. think we were pretty well prepared. I think you were too. And on that note, let's just take a quick break. Come on back and, and we'll, we'll continue our conversation right here on WealthWorks Radio. Up next on WealthWorks Radio, let's talk a little bit more about the storm and maybe how you can mitigate some risk. Stay tuned. We are back on WealthWorks Radio with Eric Carney and Joseph Lanza and consumer advocate Steve Siddall. I just get caught up on the storm, Ian, of course, that uh, ravaged uh, you know, southwest Florida. And Eric, you said before, it's, it, it's never going to be the same. No, it's, it's never going to be the same. And, you know, the, the thing is, is that, uh, that we're, I was having a pretty good conversation the other day about real estate, and we get involved in a lot of real estate. So I, I keep a pulse on it. And I said, well, I go, there goes Fort Myers Beach. And... You know, it used to be this cute little town with all these little shops and, and all these, you know, little businesses and everything. But Fort Myers Beach, I think, is going to grow up and it's not going to be the Fort Myers Beach that we used to know. And I really believe that this is the time where all the developers are going to come in with the high rises and Fort Myers Beach will no longer become that little affordable beach. And 
people are like, oh, no, they have, you know, things down there where you can't do this and you can't do this. And I said, yeah. I said, look at Clearwater Beach. Same thing, same exact thing happened. That was the same type of beach as Fort Myers Beach. But as soon as all of a sudden they have a little bit of leeway in there, the the big corporations are going to move in and you're going to have these high-rise luxury condos on Fort Myers Beach all over the place. Mm. So, I mean, it's, you know, and there's going to be some people that just can't afford to rebuild. Um, so it's, it's just going to be a different scene down there. Now, the other thing is uh, there's a gentleman who has this blue beach house down there, and I was reading an article about that house. Uh, everybody wants to know how it still stands. Well, he overbuilt the house. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm not so sure if it was overbuilt, if it withstood a, I think it was, cor- and I'm saying that I think it was correctly built, not overbuilt. And that maybe our codes need to change where we are overbuilding things because this thing withstood this the storm. And what he did was he actually went four feet lower into the ground, but he also raised the height of the house up over five feet. So the 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 foundation went deeper into the ground, but the house sat higher. So and, and believe it or not, I mean I, I would think that that's a two million dollar home that he probably has down there. It was a $25,000 expense to be able to do that. Wow. That doesn't seem like a lot in the, in the scheme of things. Absolutely not. So, you know, the thing is, is that everything has to change. And so um, when, when you take a look at how things are going to be built, it will change things from here. And, you know, it's it's this is where the insurance companies also need to step up. I mean, right. they need to step up and say, hey, look, we're going to pay for your stuff. But next time, this is how it's going to be built. You know, and, and so there, there's got to be a lot of changes that come. Well, I think it's I think really it speaks volumes about you guys and, and uh, you know, at uh, Retirement Wealth that you're actually willing to help people with insurance because that's got to be an overwhelming thing to, to suddenly, you know, to deal with the damage to deal with. I mean, I dealt with a roof, you know, a couple of years ago, and I thought that yeah. was a hassle. This is nothing. It is a hassle. I mean, and then, you know, you have to understand who's responsible for wind, who's responsible for water. Who's, who's responsible for personal contents. And I mean, there's just a lot of things, but in quite frankly, and, and, and I'm, I, I hate to say this too, but you also have to step up yourself. Like if, if you really want to save your house, you better go to work. And, you know, like, I mean, a lot of people aren't capable of doing that, but you want to find a contractor that can do it. But there's a lot of people who were dry in several days, and it's because they cut out, you know, let's say they had six inches of water in their house. They cut out a foot of sheetrock all the way around, got it all dried out, and now they just need to put back up the sheetrock, you know, tape it, paint it, and and put up baseboard. But, you know, the the other thing is if you let that sit, it's only going to get worse and worse. So there's a lot of people who are trying to to get as much done as possible. You can't, I, I never rely on the insurance companies. I had damage to, you know, a few roofs, but I'm, what I'm trying to do is self-fund that and not turn in any claims because when I really need them, they better be there for me. Right. You know, so it, it, it's, it's tough. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts to all this stuff for sure. So insurance rates probably going up? Well, it's really funny. Um, I was reading this, uh, you know, we, we, since we didn't have a lot of, uh, uh, we didn't have TV for a long time, we didn't have the news, so I was reading a lot of stuff online, and this absolutely cracked me up. This guy's a senior reporter, and he wrote a big quote, and I want everyone out there to write this one down because you might want to remember this. Brian Bandell, senior reporter with the South Florida Business Journal, wrote, and I quote, this hurricane could lead to higher insurance rates in Florida. Period. <laughs> I was that like, is profound. I was like, wow, I'm going to follow this guy because this guy knows. I was like, come on, of course, you know? Right. I didn't even read the rest of his article. It was so stupid because, you know, the first sentence was so dumb. But right. uh, now, who's yeah. he writing that for? Certainly. I don't know. The hurricane could, now, could. Yeah. Could. 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 Like, like half the insurance companies aren't just going to leave Florida now to be like, yeah, we don't want to go through that ever again. <laughs> oh, man. So, imagine? I mean, are, so in your experience at this point, are the insurance companies stepping up? Are they helping your clients? Well, right now, I mean, there's, the, you know, they've been pretty good. FEMA's actually stepped up. I mean, a lot of people have already started to receive an immediate check for that. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, which is good. I mean, and, and again, the, the quicker you can dry out the house, the better off you're going to be. So... Um, there, you know, it, it's good, but like I said, it's, 
um, it, it is going to be it's going to be a fight. I mean, you're you're going to have people that are fighting with the insurance companies for the next few years. Oh sure. Um, but you know, in a lot of this, and I, and and I, I hope I'm not offending anyone out there, but you know, the thing is, is with Irma. You know, these roofers went out and they're like, hey, we can get you a new roof. We can get you a new roof. And I have a tile roof. And this guy came up to me and he's like, hey, man, you're missing a few um, tiles. I'm like, yeah, but I have them. and They're going to replace me. He goes, I wouldn't do that. I just get a new roof. And I would think that my roof is probably, I don't know, with the new tile roof, 60, 70 grand to replace. Sure. And I'm just like, why would I do that? You know, like that's that's to me, that's fraud. But unfortunately, everybody got new roofs during Irma. I mean, that was the big thing. And uh, so now all of a sudden hurricane rates were bad enough and that really hurt. I mean, that, let's face it, the insurance business is fragile in Florida, um, especially with, with P&L. And now all of a sudden, I mean, a lot of these companies are going to file for bankruptcy and more than likely leave the area. But um, well, that's kind of sad. So, I mean, th this is just a weird observation, but you said the last big storm was Irma, and this one was Ian. Something to do with eyes, apparently. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's what everybody's saying. I mean, it was approximately the same time, too. Like, we're was exiting really? out of— Yeah, well, we're exiting out of hurricane season, yeah. you know, and, and all of a sudden we get hit. And it's like—I mean, I think that's why a lot of people are like, eh, this isn't going to be a big deal. I didn't worry about it until the very last day. Um, and then I was like, damn, this thing's going to be bad. And, and I, I just, you know, I, I didn't think it was going to be as bad as Irma, honestly, but mm -hmm. it, it was much, 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 much worse. worse. Well, yeah. and, and the original prediction was the Tampa Bay and, and that didn't happen. No, it just kept turning east and east. And by the third east, I was like, okay, it's coming our way. You know, like, yeah. I mean, if they said east, now it's going west. I was like, okay, but man, they kept saying east, more east, more east. And I'm like, it was almost like, you know, turning, turning, turning. And uh, so, you know, we watched as much as we could on TV. And then when the TV went out, I'm like, okay, we're screwed. Yeah. So, again, I mean, that had to be. And how long were you without power, typically? So what would you say, Joseph? Um, personally, I was out with out of 10 days without power. I know everybody days. was different. Yeah, there were some uh, problems with LCEC. People, LCEC <laughs> was kind of in the news getting a lot of hate because they weren't accepting any help from uh, Florida Power and Light. They are like, oh, we got this covered. And then. You know, all the linemen come out and they're like, well, we didn't actually start working until after 48 hours after the storm yeah. because they were holding us off. And so there was a bunch of, there was a mess for a little sure. bit, you know, just as a start. But I mean, given it's like nobody, when, when you have a mess like that, you can't really blame one person or one thing. It's, it's a mess and you just got to remain calm and, and let it work out. And really, when you look at the devastation, having power in 10 days, I still feel lucky compared to when you go down to Fort Myers Beach and see what it's like out there. So yeah. I'm not complaining. Right. So, Joseph, I mean, you're a Florida guy. You're born and raised. Is this yeah. – where does this rank in your memories or, or experiences with hurricanes? By far the worst that, I, that I've seen. I mean, and it, and it really is it, – it's so sad to see, like, Fort Myers Beach and the Sanibel Causeway, Captiva, because those are all areas growing up here that I have such fond memories of, of over the summer and during spring break and going down there with friends and family, and you have all these memories down there. And then you go down there and see it, and it's, it's not even recognizable. So, you know, any type of person who's from this area, it's just there's so many landmarks that are just gone now. And, you know, looking back on Irma, it's like everybody over-prepared for Irma, and then it came through, and it was like, was, that was it. And then with this hurricane, it's like 24 hours before it hits, it's like, oh, yeah, it's a Cat 4, and it's coming directly for you. And it's like, whoa, what? You know, it feels so unpredicted. So, you know, it's a big shock to all of us. Yeah. Sure. Well, and, and again, you know, just because you're from there, because you grew up there, this has to give you a pretty unique perspective on things. And, and from a recovery standpoint, how do you think it's going? I mean, I know that the bridge to Sanibel got put up. It was temporary, but the, the, as quick as that bridge got put up to start getting trucks over to Sanibel and, and Captiva was amazing. Um, but as far as the rebuild on Fort Myers Beach and really getting all those businesses back up, because now you got to think when you really start thinking about it, all the jobs that were lost in the service industry. Um, we have so you know a lot of our business. We were just getting into season because so much of our service business down here is through restaurants and bars oh, and sure. things on the beaches and hotels. So all that is now 
gone. All yeah. the, you know, Fort Myers Beach GDP is decimated. So that is taking a huge toll as well. And also the other thing I always think of is the people that were, you know, have been down here or moved down here. Like, you know, after COVID, we saw a huge rush of people move down to this area. So these people have been down here for what, a year and a half, two yeah. years maybe. Yeah. And they're like, does this happen every year? You know, I can't imagine what they're thinking with, with, you know, just coming to Florida. And now this is their first impression of being in the area. And it's almost like you want to say like, Hey, I've lived here my whole life and I've never seen a storm like this before. So you don't have to, yeah. hopefully we don't have to worry about that ever happening again in our lifetime. If well, you live so, here, you got to be tough. Oh yeah. <laughs> I would think yeah. so. Uh, well, Hey, let's, let's tell you what, we need to take another quick break. Let's come on back and, and we'll just continue our conversation. See where it takes us. Stay tuned. We're going to talk a little bit more about the storm in Southwest Florida coming up. We're back on WealthWorks Radio with Eric Carney, Joseph Blanza here as well. And uh, let me just mention the phone number, 800-779-1942. I've been very remiss in mentioning that. But we've been having a great conversation. And so we're kind of going through this whole storm thing. And um, one of the things that, that comes to mind is the the credibility of insurance. Because, you know, I think people have different experiences with insurance companies in, in their life at times. And let's talk about what's going on there. So with property and casualty, you know, you, you really do want to understand the credibility of your insurance company. And I've said this for many, many years. There's about, I don't know, maybe uh, eight years ago, there's a tornado that ripped through Cape Coral, just a freak storm. And the next day, there's a gentleman on TV and he's like, this house is all ripped apart. And he's like, yeah, I'm glad everybody's okay. Now I got to check my insurance. And I thought the storm's gone, <laughs> right? And, and, and now we're checking our insurance. And this is one of the things that I taught in the classes at FGCU. And people realized, you're right, I do have to check my insurance. And you wanna check the credibility of your insurance company. Like, are they good? Are they gonna be able to step up to the plate? Can they afford this? You know, how much money is in their coffers to be able to come up with this? And I'm going to be honest because, you know, I have some properties and I was kind of teed off at an at a email that I got from my agent. Now, they're always calling you. They want you to buy this for your house. They want you to buy this for your building. And the email was, hey, if you guys have a claim, call your, your carrier direct. What are you for? <laughs> I mean, like, wh wh what are you for? Like, I, I, like what do you do? You know, and I just kind of thought that was strange. Like, they're just like, yeah, call it. Like, isn't that what you're supposed to be helping me with? Right. In the, time, I mean, again, the, in the time that you need them the most, too. Exactly. That's yeah. a very good point. So I was kind of, I, I, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't have to submit any claims or anything, but I thought that was kind of cold, man. Like, if I did need something, like, you're, my, you're supposed to be my go-to person. And it's like, you know, now I have to do all this other work. Now, I did have to file a claim for my mom. Her house got hit pretty hard and it's not been easy you know and, and i'm grateful for donna because donna donna actually understands fema she know she understands the process all the paperwork and everything so she's been great with our clients who've had to file with fema but um yeah well, it's just it, yeah, it's annoying of course it is and and uh, so i mean again Joseph, you pointed out a moment ago that we want to differentiate, you know, insurance, right? Because we're we're talking about property right. and casual insurance companies, and because that's who takes care of our homes and 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 our land, um, and, and so it's I think it's important to make sure we we say that's who we're talking about here. Yeah, because there's a big distinction between property and casualty insurance and life and health insurance. Well, yeah, exactly, but, and we're not talking about either of those. Right. right. So you know, the property and casualty insurances; those are the businesses that you see when these storms come through. Those insurance companies are either having to get bailed out or are going bankrupt year over year. And um, there is a huge difference between those two. And people, when people think about insurance, a lot of times they put those two together. But working in the financial industry, you know that they're two very different things. They operate very differently and they both require very different regulations from the U.S. government actually to maintain and make sure that they're maintaining the current financial status that they have in order to keep everybody covered. Eric, how does this change your approach to helping folks with retirement? 
Well, it's it, it all comes down to risk. I mean, you know, um, you pay attention to risk with everything. And, you know, again, I know a lot about real estate. Um, we've helped a lot of people out with real estate. And it's just you're, 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 you're looking at risk mitigation in a whole different light now. And really, there, there's several different kinds of risk that you can actually do. Now, with living on the water or the beach, one type of risk is risk acceptance. You are accepting that where you live, there is risk. And it, it, it's as simple as that. Um, it's not really a it's not really a strategy. It doesn't reduce any effects of anything, but risk acceptance is saying, look, I get it. You know, I have a beautiful view, but this could not be this way all the time. The second thing is risk avoidance and risk avoidance is the absolute opposite of risk acceptance. You're, you don't want to be on the water, right? You're, you're willing to be safer and not have that view of the water. Um, and so you're just completely avoiding risk at all. Um, the third one is like risk limitation, and that's the most common one. It's used by a lot of businesses. You're limiting your risk. And so maybe the younger that you are, the more risk that you're willing to take. But as you get older, you want to limit more risk. And then the fourth one is risk transference. And this is where we're using property and casualty companies. We're transferring the risk, hopefully, to our insurance company. And so, you know, it, it all really depends. Now, personally, I've always wanted a beach condo. And, you know, I ended up buying one a few years ago on Fort Myers Beach. But the, the thing was, I always wanted to know that after a hurricane, I could still actually use my beach condo. And oddly enough, way before the storm, um, a friend of mine and I were down near the beach. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go shut my blinds or my shutters in the beach condo. And, you know, if I hadn't have done that, I'm not so sure I would have made it down for the storm. Um, but anyways, I, I, I went and I shut down everything. And uh, but that that building took a pounding and I'm four stories up and the water literally washed all the cars across the street and then back again, almost in the same spot. Oh, and um, yeah, the, the girl who lives on the second floor stayed there and she says, I've never seen anything like it in my life. But. Risk mitigation was I bought that because I didn't want to go through what these poor people are going through. You know, when you own a beach home and it gets wiped out, it's like, I mean, that's going to take them years to rebuild. Um, and, and, you know, with, with building costs, inflation and everything right now, uh, it's just it's terrible for these people. And I really, really do feel for them because when I when I drove down there, there were cars littered left and right, couches, refrigerators. These are people's lives that are littered all over the streets. And um, so when I when I went to my beach condo, um, there was no power. Um, so I walked in and, you know, opened up some of the windows to get some air through there because we probably won't have power down there for a month or two. Um, but it's just amazing to me. I mean, the, the place was completely intact. And that was what I strived for, you know. So um, I don't exactly have, you know, what some other people have where they're directly on the beach, but I limited my risk. And so... I think whether it's your money, your portfolio, your lifestyle, your real estate, you really have to look at mitigating risk and and talk to somebody who really understands and thinks about this because this is something that we implement in everything that we do. Um, there's you know there, there's there's the good and the bad about different pieces of real estate. And, you know, everybody wants that beautiful view, but you got to remember that beautiful view sometimes comes at an absolute cost. And uh, so, again, this is where it's going to change the whole way that we live on Fort Myers Beach or Sanibel. It's going to change the way that we build things. Our infrastructure is going to be different. The risk is going to be different. Um, and so, like I said, this is, this is definitely one of the most costliest storms in history, uh, U.S. history anyways. And um, it, this is going to go on for years. So do you think this is going to deter, you know, retirees from moving to Florida? Because that certainly is uh, high on many people's list of where they want to retire. And, and <laughs> it's still a good place to retire, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent not. I mean, <laughs> everybody thought after Irma, real estate's done. And I said, God, no. In Chicago, as soon as the snow flies, they're looking at properties online. Exactly. It's, yeah, they're going to, it's going to be different. It's going to be different. 
And, you know, people, you know, and they will shy away from the Fort Myers area for a little while, just a little while. And they're going to look other areas. But remember, those other areas can get hit just as much as Fort Myers can. You know, we we were just, you know, we were the eye of the storm this time. But, I mean, Punta Gorda's been there before. Tampa's been there before. Miami's been there before. Fort Lauderdale's been there before. I mean, a storm is a storm. And so I just think that it will absolutely 100% change the way, you know, where we live and how we live. And uh, that's okay. And I think that if we build for this and we prepare for this and we look to reduce our risk going forward, things will be better. It's also going to change how we look at our insurance. Uh, there's just, you know, there's a lot of people who didn't believe in flood insurance. And uh, so that's going to be, you know, a, a pretty big deal because, I mean, literally that area got wiped out by the flood. Um, so it's just, um, it's going to be interesting to see what happened to a lot of people who just don't have the ability to rebuild. Um, and that's going to be the sad part. Well, let me ask you this. So, I mean, I know you're, you're taking care of your current clients. Are you still getting folks interested in working with you to say, okay, can you help me, you know, navigate this and, and what I've lost and what I've gained? Are you still talking with people like that? Steve, it's uh, Joseph, maybe you can add something. I, I can't believe how busy we've been. No yeah, kidding. It, it really didn't skip a beat. And no. I think it goes back to what Eric was saying, where money doesn't sleep, right? And with people, whether they have a current advisor or not, during this storm, I think it kind of opened their eyes and have perspective of what's really happening in my portfolio and what's going on with my financial plan, if I even have one. Right. Right. So, you know, I think that they're realizing that what is waiting going to do for me in this. Right. So, you know, the market is down as much as it is this year. People, the curtain is being unveiled on a lot of advisors and a lot of money managers, if you want to call them that. And people are finally doing something about it. So we really haven't skipped a beat. We're still sitting down with new clients just as much as we were, you know, a month or two ago. Wow. That seems, I mean, that's really good. I think that speaks a lot about what, you know, what you're doing and what kind of services you're offering folks that, you know, despite this horrible disaster, you can still help folks get to retirement. I mean, Steve, it's just, I just cannot get over how busy we've been. Wow. I mean, it's, and, you know, and in autumn, I, 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 I want to give her a shout out because there was one day where she ran to seven different places to find internet and just to be able to send things or send emails or, or whatever it is, but mostly to be able to move money, you know, because people needed withdrawals and so forth. Sure. And she's just like, you know, she's, she's texting me, I'm going into this office, I'm going to this office. And everybody was communicating with us, hey, we have internet at our home if you want to come by and use it. I wow, mean, so that's one, really nice. Yeah, I mean, it's just incredible. I mean, and there were some days where we didn't even see each other. Joey mm -hmm. was somewhere, Donna was somewhere, I was somewhere. But we, we just knew what had to get done. But right. we, we've been slammed with uh, new prospective clients uh, since day one. Well, I think people that have been, that have paid attention to this show and, and you over the years that we've been doing this, I think that they, there's a certain amount of, of confidence that they have in you that, yeah, you can do this. I mean, and you can help this and, and approach it differently than a lot of advisors. Yeah, I mean, we, we just realized that, you know, this is where we do have to step up. You know, I mean, tough times don't last. Tough people do. And what we have to do is we've got to reach out to people and say, look, it's going to be okay and it's just been nice because a lot of our clients are reaching out to us and saying, hey, are you guys okay? And we're like, yeah, we're fine. You know, let, let's just, you know, try to move forward the best way that we can. Sure. We, we do need to take another break here. but So let's do that. 800-779-1942 if you'd like to uh, get, uh, get together with Eric and the team. And uh, we'll come back. We've got one more segment right after this. Next up on WealthWorks Radio, some things that you should be considering after the storm. Stay tuned. back on WealthWorks Radio. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Eric Carney is here. Eric, of course, president of Retirement Wealth. Uh, Joseph Lenz is here, a fiduciary working alongside Eric. And so we're talking uh, about Hurricane Ian and, and how it's directly impacted everybody. And I'm not saying anything that people don't know. Uh, but if anybody's listening to the podcast that may not be from that area, this is a perspective that not a lot of folks get. I mean, we're getting, you know, I feel like I'm getting a, a firsthand view of, of really what you're doing and how you're doing it. And that that begs the question, what should we be doing right now? Well, the thing right now is, is that you got to stay organized. 
And this was one thing that was kind of frustrating. My, I mean, I got to understand that my mom's getting a little older, but you know, she had, she lost her car. She lost a lot of her home and, you know, belongings and everything. The first thing to do is get a spiral notebook and you've got to stay organized. Um, on October 16th, FEMA approved $420 million for this storm. So that was release number HQ-22167. Um, and the reason that the release number is important is because it's been approved and it is happening. Um, if you don't have a, a release number, you don't, it's just being talked about. So, um, the, so the money's out there. Now it's, it's up to you to be able to go and get that. So you have to understand which insurance is going to cover this, what FEMA is going to cover. You have to start taking your claim numbers, understand, write down who you spoke with, what that person's full name was, if they have some kind of an employee number, the phone number, the date, and the time that you talked with them. You also want to start keeping specific notes about what they've said to you and what your time frames are. And the biggest thing is, is that you want to keep um, a diary, uh, like a regular diary of what's happening with all these things. And, you know, there's some people who feel like they may have to bring in a public insurance adjuster. That's fine. Sometimes that's better than a lawyer. I know lawyers don't want to hear that. But the fact of the matter is, is that when lawyers get involved, things get ugly. The only one that wins then is typically the lawyer. So you really have to figure out what your plan is. The other thing, too, is that people have had multiple losses. So they've lost a boat, a home, a car, whatever that may be. You also have to figure out, okay, what am I happy getting from the insurance company? What is my satisfaction figure on my boat? So let's say that you lost your boat. What number are you satisfied with getting that? You know, let's face it. I mean, boats are expensive right now. Um, inflation, supply and demand, whatever it may be. So going out and re replacing that boat may be a lot more expensive and you have to realize that. But, you know, uh, the other thing is some people say, look, I'm, I'm happy with this number and I'm, I'm okay with that. So you have to start figuring out what are you okay with? The things that you lost, your personal items, what is the value on those and what are you satisfied with getting? Um, and, and anything that you can do yourself, like, like I said, cutting out the drywall, drying that out with a dehumidifier, um, is really important. So you really have to start putting a plan together just like anything else, but staying absolutely organized. And that, yeah, obviously that's key, but that's also with, uh, you know, uh, like important papers, that kind of thing. Folks have to dig all that stuff up too, don't they? That's right. That's right. So my mom was staying with me and, uh, you know, that morning that we decided to leave the house and go to a friend's house, um, we, we were basically getting off the water. Um, you know, I was going through and I'm like, okay, you, you literally have to stop and think, okay, if I never come back to this house again, what papers, what things, what items do I absolutely need? And you end up taking those with you, you know, and um, you have to be prepared. And this is where going forward, maybe you're picking up things and putting them all in one area that are near and dear to you. Um, and so that that might be something that, you know, we learn from this. We always learn things from big storms, disasters, and events like this. So the thing is, is that next time we will be significantly better prepared. Sure. But again, for this one, it's just, it's, you got to stay organized and get through this. 800-779-1942 if you'd like to get a little help. And so through all of this, uh, Joseph, the uh, the market continued to do what it does. It didn't seem to care a lick about Ian. Right. Yeah, it had no effect. Didn't, didn't skip a beat there either. And uh, this past week, we had a lot of big earnings come out. And the following week, we're going to have a lot of big earnings coming out as well. And really right now, where we're at in the market year to date, you know, anybody out there can say, well, this is solely a reason of interest rate hikes mixed with a little bit of geopolitical issues and fears of inflation. And now a lot of people are saying, well, what about earnings that are going to be coming out? What if they slip? What if they're a lot lower because earnings are looking behind and, you know, we're going to start seeing the real effects of, of these companies not selling like they used to. And really the, the thing that goes on with earnings, and if you've watched the market before, and Steve, you might even have noticed this before, is that a lot of times a company may miss earnings and the next day their stock is up 10%. Right. And everybody's like, what, what is going on with earnings? You know, they, they completely miss their revenue or their earnings per share. Why is their company up? And it's a prime example of the market is always forward looking. 
the market doesn't care about what happened a month ago, three months ago. The market is solely worried on, okay, what's going to happen in Q4? What's going to happen in Q1 of 2023? So when the market, excuse me, when the earnings are actually down, what the market is really looking for is where's this company's projections on where it's going to be next quarter? We really don't care about what they did last quarter. And so you've heard the term before that, you know, prices are baked into this market already. And so I think a lot of the past earnings are already baked into the market. And now the market's really just worried about, okay, well, what are we looking forward to doing? And if we really look at history, we can see that even when earnings are down year over year, returns are still positive 77% of the time. And this is on the S&P 500. And, and the strange thing is, is that when earnings were up, returns were positive only 72% of the time. So when earnings were down, we actually had a 5% chance more that returns are going to be positive in the market year over year. And it just shows that the market is so forward looking, it really doesn't care about what happened yesterday or a month ago. Wow. And and so you're just saying you just got to be aware of what's going on and why things are happening the way they are. Right. And a lot of people are still so gloom and doom about all the things that are that are going on. And you have to understand that a lot of the news that's coming out is already baked into that market in mm -hmm. that, you know, whenever it's just like when you hear, a, you know, a new pharmaceutical company got approved for a certain vaccination, you know, the stock was up 100% yesterday, not today, but the news came out today. It's kind of like the old saying, you know, it's, you know, once you hear about it, the money's been made already. <laughs> that's so true. And, and so again, what's your take on the, on the market in general and, and, you know, the storm impact, because it's, it's got to have an effect locally from a market standpoint. I mean, there's got to be businesses and, and, you know, re businesses reporting that kind of thing. Yeah, I heard, um, I heard, I was talking to somebody recently and they were saying how just all the, the commercial fishing, you know, the shrimp boats, the commercial fishing, mm. All of the you know commercial seafood that comes just from our area, the damage that was done to those boats on an annual basis, that brings in about $52 million a year of revenue as far as seafood sales go, just from the Fort Myers area, $52 million a year, a million dollars a week. Yeah. So that's the loss of just that industry. And then when we start thinking about the service industries, all the bars, you know, people are out of work. And then it's kind of like what we talked about before. This trickles down, right? People are out of work, so they're not buying things like they used to, right? Or, you know, their, their spending is going to become a lot tighter, and it's going to change the local economy, at least, for a little bit of time. But obviously, on a grander scale, you know, it doesn't have as big of an impact. Sure. So, uh, so Eric, I mean... We spent uh, what the better part of an hour talking about all this. Is there is there anything that we, else that we should be doing now that that perhaps we've learned? No, I don't think so. I mean, you know, it's just going to be a learning progress every single day. I mean, we're going to learn a little bit more and more. It's just that uh, this is when you really have to fight for yourself and your property and your belongings, and this is where, again, you want to know, understand how to move ahead, and uh, you know what ro what roadblocks you're actually going to have. And this is what we've been assisting people with. And, you know, like I said, if anybody's out there and they really do feel lost about their direction, give us a call about FEMA, uh, shoot us an email, and we can answer those questions. Because like I said, chapter and verse, we sent out to all of our clients, this is how you file a claim. This is what a public uh, insurance adjuster does for you. Um, just a lot of different details that you have to know about. And getting through this is going to be difficult to navigate. There's no doubt about it. I mean, on top of you losing, you know, your personal items, your home, your vehicle, whatever, you've got that mental thing going on too. And I, I said, weeks after the storm, there was this like, uh, like this storm sand coated on all of us, you know, where we just all felt something from the storm. Oh, sure. So, you know, whether you got hit by it or not, you're impacted by other people's feelings. And so, uh, you know, this is something where the, the whole community has been able to step up. I think they've done a great job. I mean, it's amazing. You know, the National Guard was here. Um, plenty of other um, police stations were here directing traffic and everything. I mean, everybody really stepped in to help us. So, it, uh, it really was something to see that. But like I said, we got to stay at it. It's just going to be a long process for a lot of people. You have to keep helping people. Remember, this is going to be with them for a long time. So just, you know, 
help them as long as you possibly can. Well, I think what what this may have done for some people, and it might do it for me, is that, uh, okay, I'm done. I need to retire, and I need to retire soon. Eric, help me. Yeah. That, I think the, are those the kind of calls you're getting? Yeah, I think so. There's some people that are like, look, you know, I can't mess around with this any longer, you know, and a lot of people said, I was lucky I didn't get hit, you know, but mm-hmm. now I want to take this time instead of like working on my property or something like that. I want to take care of my retirement. I want to make sure I'm going to be okay financially. And so, yeah, I I think that's the biggest reason why, you know, we've been busy and I really thought, okay, this is going to be, you know, a little bit of a lull till the end of the year. It's not going to be like that. It is, it is already starting to pick up again and it's going to be, we're going to be slammed till January 1st. 800-779-1942. The phone lines are working, right? Yeah, they are working. Yeah, they are. Well, I mean, again, because we went went, uh, a couple, three weeks, I think, without being able to record for one reason or another. And, and, you know, from a power standpoint to, you know, yeah. Yeah, even right now, I mean, this whole thing's running out of Band-Aid, but it's working. (laughs) But it's working, and I'm happy for it. Well, I mean, again, let's let's wrap it up, Eric. Give me some final thoughts. Yeah, everybody out there, hey, if you have any questions about FEMA filing a claim— Um, you've got property insurance that you have questions about, um, insurance claim adjusters, anything like that, give us a call. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your stories. And like I said, if we can help you out with any of the insurance stuff, please give us a call. Remember, tough times don't last. Tough people do. We are a tough community. Help other people. Stay with it. And we'll talk to you soon. Eric Carney is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors Incorporated, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Retirement Wealth, Retirement Wealth Advisors, and this station are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by RWA. Insurance licensed in the state of Florida. Insurance license number P138852. Registered investment advisors and investment advisor representatives act as fiduciaries for all our investment management clients. We have an obligation to act in the best interests of our clients and make full disclosures of any conflict of interest, if any exists. Please refer to our firm brochure, the ADV2A, page 4, for additional information. WealthGuard is a complete portfolio monitoring system. Designed by determining the amount of downside risk a client is willing to tolerate, WealthGuard is added to a client's account to protect them from the downside risk. WealthGuard is not a stop-loss strategy. When the account value in the portfolio hits the targeted value, an alert is sent to the client, advisor, and money manager. There is no guarantee the exact WealthGuard value will be captured or assets will be traded or liquidated the same day due to time of day or market restrictions. 